Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. DNVR Fantasy coming to you here. Andre Simone, Kale Sorbo, the boys are in. Kale, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you today, Andre? I'm doing good. Um, Jake Schwanitz, my brethren, someone I brought in, you know, and have known for years. He used to be a listener and a fan. Now he's a esteemed and beloved colleague backdoors me and beats me in this dnvr league that has just been a nightmare and i had tony pollard like my guys went off this week it still doesn't matter jakester gets me just not not my year man it is always your year when you bet on DraftKings sportsbook the presenting uh, sponsor of this here podcast use the code dnvr to get it uh all their amazing offers so yeah man just bumming about that but but lots of good stuff and um yesterday was as exciting a day to be an nfl fan as i can remember with just a gajillion trades and uh i'm excited to get into that super excited the most exciting trade deadline i can remember in my lifetime for sure so excited to get into this and break down how it uh affects everybody fantasy wise you youngins, I think, are prone to a little uh, recency bias, maybe more than most, but I think I don't think there's recency bias in that. That actually is true. This deadline was crazy, um, and we don't even have to talk about Bradley Chubb because we're a fantasy pod, but we do have a trade in Denver that has fantasy implications, which is, of course, in that same Bradley Chubb trade, you get Chase Edmonds, to Denver Edmonds, a guy I've kind of stashed away in deeper leagues, especially dynasties Uh, last year at Arizona. He was like a startable guy, especially in this stretch of the season where injuries and bye weeks come into play. Boy showed a lot of promise to start the season in Miami where it was like, Oh my God, they're speed obsessed. Everyone's so fast. Then he kind of, you know, bows out a little bit. Um, Oh, on our sheet. I didn't even put Jeff Wilson. They add Jeff Wilson, which was a really interesting trade as well that we can get into. But Chase Edmonds to the Broncos, they kind of have been needing a receiving back like this for a while. I'm actually struggling to remember the last like scat back receiving back they really had. I mean, Melvin was supposed to be that sort of all-you-can-do guy yeah. who yeah. caught a lot of passes. That hasn't come to fruition for sure. Um, but I love this move for the Broncos. They needed running back depth. Like they needed water in a desert, you know? So 
It's been a great, it's a great move to be able to get us a starting caliber running back back in that trade uh, that also brought back a first round pick. Um, And fantasy wise, uh, I love this for Chase Edmond fantasy owners. Um, He should get more work in Denver than he did in Miami. Even though he's probably still not going to get true RB1 type Uh share. Um, I hate this for Melvin Gordon fantasy managers. Unfortunately, I don't think yeah. it's uh, don't think it's good news for Melvin Gordon or Latavius Murray. Unfortunately, anybody who's banking on those touchdowns from Latavius Murray looks like that type of work is going to be going between uh, Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds, especially since yesterday Nathaniel Hackett came out and said that Melvin Gordon will remain the Broncos starting running back. Yeah, which is crazy, though he's kind of said that for a minute, and it does feel like Melvin's touches are decreasing, and the touches he is getting, he's not necessarily getting the most of. Edmonds is is very interesting. We'll see how much Russ uses him in the passing game as kind of an outlet in that regard. Uh, But with Mike Boone out, he certainly fills in there as your third down back and I think a much more boosted role than that just because of his track record and talent um so I think it's minimally improves his fantasy value to what we were at in Miami you know but it it's trending in a much more promising direction than where it was trending for the last couple weeks for the Dolphins definitely Let's go straight to Jeff Wilson then involved as well in this. Now uh, Mike McDaniel gets hit. I mean, basically San Francisco's running back room. He's got Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson. I guess I kind of hate this for Jeff Wilson. I hate this for Jeff Wilson, but it's, it's going to be end up end up being good for him in the long run, I think, um, because with Elijah Mitchell coming back from injury and Christian McCaffrey there, I don't mm. think he was going to be getting much play time in San Francisco. Yeah. Wilson's already worked with Mike McDaniel, um, obviously coming over from that San Francisco staff. Yeah. So you like there's some potential upside there, but man, it it sure seems like Raheem Mostert has carved out that role as that number one running back in Miami. And I think they're going to lean in on that even more. Yeah. um, He's looked good, man. And that offense is one of those offenses you want to buy into, you know, um, offense begets offense. What I was talking about a couple episodes ago is most true with them. Let's move to some wide receivers. Um, Chase Claypool going from the Steelers to the Bears, he was always kind of a boomer bust wide receiver. I'm not sure that'll change, but it does seem like now he's going to get a lot more touches, a lot more consistent. And this all happens while Justin Fields has a couple really nice weeks in a row. My biggest takeaway from this uh, trade is actually what it's going to do to the Steelers without Claypool. Um, Tell me more. Like Pat Fryermuth managers, Deontay Johnson managers, I yeah, really think are going to be – it's going to be huge for both of those guys. Pat Fryermuth is a de facto number two option as a tight end now. Yeah. That's going to be huge in a tight end bear market right now. So I think it's huge for those those managers. And as far as Claypool to the Bears go, the only thing that worries me is from a football aspect – is it an upgrade on what they had? Absolutely. But they've basically got two de facto twos now that are, they've got, they've got, 
even as a rookie, Claypool wasn't necessarily an, a true number one. He was playing opposite a lot of guys, mm-hmm. even though he had that 10 touchdown year. And even if he gets back to that, that high place, which he hasn't played at since his rookie year, is that a true number one? And so are you paying both of these guys? Because they've got Darnell Mooney as well. Neither of those are true number ones. I don't know how I I view this target share f- falling out now that now that they've got both. Um, but Justin Fields has been playing better, so you think that it was you think that it would be good for Chase Claypool moving forward. But I don't know. What's your biggest takeaway, Dre? I I mean I think it adds that true X that they were kind of missing that true big. Um... You know, like we we can get into is he a wide receiver one for NFL standards discussion, but just purely schematically, he kind of is that number one big body outside guy. Now he needs Mm. to dial that in and it's not going to be a pass heavy offense. So he is it's going to be very Cortland Sutton-y where he's got to make the most of the touches he makes. Um and so that's huge. I do think he gets the lion's share of the touches. I think Darnell Mooney was kind of a spicy, like in the later rounds, he might be a wide receiver that pops because he's just like so clearly the most talented Bears wide receiver. That hasn't really happened. I think it could happen for Claypool Moore, who has, you know, just raw talent wise, as far as that speed size combination, very, very high end. I mean, even for NFL standards, he's like, a five percenter. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be very feaster family. I think he's intriguing. If you can kind of buy low, I wouldn't read too. I wouldn't overrate this trade though. Cause even those last two weeks where the bears offense has scored more points, mm. Justin Fields hasn't passed for over 200, uh, receipt, uh, you know, passing yards. And I loved what you were saying about the Steelers. Someone you didn't mention George Pickens, if they mm. figure something out at wide receiver, Pickens becomes a really, really intriguing option. And I think Pickens more so than anyone else is what allows you to trade him. Love what you were saying about Fryermuth. I'm lockstep with you on that. While we talk about big, former, Big Ten tight ends, highly touted coming out of college, let's get to TJ Hawkinson. He goes from Iowa to Detroit to Minnesota. So, I mean... A true a Midwest boy. boy. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's staying in those Culver states. So good for him. Um, I'm sure that that helps keep on that weight as a tight end. Um, this might be, as far as true fantasy implications, the most intriguing out of all of these trades. How did you see this one, Kale? Love this for Kirk Cousins, hate this for Jared Goff. They're both guys who are mm-hmm. products of their you know, surrounding weapons. And I just think, I just think that uh, really TJ Hawkinson is going to be a seamless fit in this offense. He's an absolute monster in the blocking game. They're running that outside zone right now. That's coming over from the Rams system. Uh, If you, if you like offense, be getting offense, like you're talking about, this should Mm. be good news for everybody on the Vikings. Yeah, it kind of helps everyone. I think, you know, Hawkinson was having a really good season. He was tight end four in PPRs, 300 wow. 354 yards, um, three touchdowns. So, you know, it's not even that crazy. Like, obviously behind the top, top dogs, 
like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, but averaging about 12 points per game. So pretty good. I don't think he's going to be able to maintain that kind of week in week out consistency, but I do think that um, he'll have some big weeks that offense in general will be more consistent and will lead to more uh, red zone touches. And I think the bigger takeaway is going to be that he just helps the offense as a whole, because for football reasons, less so than fantasy reasons, he really fits well in that system. He's really going to juice up that run game. That's already so dynamic with Dalvin cook and Madison, that young O-line, that's really taken some steps forward under Kevin O'Connell is going to click even more with one of the better blocking tight ends in the league. And when you have a guy who's on the field every down, because he's such a good blocker, it's a lot harder to key in on him and be like, Hey, watch out for him in the passing game. And that's going to open up more touches for everyone. Um, So yeah, no, I think, I think we're kind of lockstep in that one. Um, but yeah, maybe for fantasy reasons, a slight try to sell high at this point. Because tight end four is, I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we can sustain that. He's for sure not going to be getting the targets with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen that a tight end four you think would be getting. So yeah. maybe it's a sell high moment for sure. Um, but for real football reasons, I love this trade. Yes, absolutely. And then Calvin Ridley, this is purely for keepers or dynasties. Um, He gets traded from the Falcons to the Jags on a really intriguing trade with a lot of stipulations kind of based on like suspensions and how he's going to be able to come back. Um, Assuming the suspension is over at the end of the season and all goes smoothly, a wide receiver duo of him and Christian Kirk for Trevor Lawrence could be quite intriguing. What were your takes on this? I love this for Calvin Ridley. He's sort of the perfect, he's sort of the perfect receiver to fit with the way Trevor Lawrence plays. Trevor Lawrence is basically has built an offense out of, for lack of a better term, I'll use a basketball analogy, long two pointers Mm. uh, where he's not, he's throwing a lot between 10 and 20 yards, not a lot past that, not a lot of easy stuff. And that's sort of the part of the field where Calvin Ridley just eats. He's an amazing route runner. And I love that for real football purposes. Uh, And I think that Calvin Ridley next year, who should be coming off of his suspension, although technically it's indefinite, uh, it was at least a year when that suspension got handed down. So there's some stipulations and that's why the trade language around this is so confusing. It can be worth as up to a second or as low as a seventh, I think. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. So I I really like this for next year um, for sure, especially in dynasty. And this could be a time to buy low on Calvin Ridley um, in dynasty leagues for sure. In the right situation, like I'm in one league where I just inherited a new team. And I mean, you know, I, I knew they wouldn't be very good. It's a super flex league. I tried to focus on wide receivers and quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, I'll be able to fill to fill running backs and tight ends as we get closer to actually being able to compete in a window. Someone like Calvin Ridley in a team like that, where we're kind of in rebuilding mode 
would be a nice maybe buy low. You're taking a little risk on that might not ultimately bite you too much because whatever, we're just taking swings right now. We want to see which ones hit, but then might pay off a little bigger for you. So in that scenario, in a bit of a rebuilding window, he, he'd be intriguing, especially if you could get him for, you know, like a second rounder um, mm. in a dynasty, like a 12-team league, a mid-second rounder, a, the 20th best offensive skill position prospect in next year's class will not be as good as Calvin Ridley if the suspension is lifted and he gives you a full like 15, 17 games next season. Totally. I think you've, you're spot on there. RIP to Zach Moss's fantasy value. At least we were clinging on as like, eh, maybe in Buffalo where it's like, it could be anyone's backfield. One, one big week could like open the door for anyone. Now he goes to the Colts. He's a true backup to um, Jordan Taylor. No, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yep. I do that every time I stopped doing it for a while. Now I'm back to doing it. Great. Um, yeah, that's, that's over. He's not even rosterable. Yeah. Yeah. It's if you have any Zach Moss stock now would be the time to sell it. Absolutely. And then the other direction, Naeem Hines to the bills, maybe a little more intriguing, uh, in PPR leagues. Uh, does it scare you for Devin Singletary? What are the greater implications? When I first saw this, my first thought was yikes, James Cook, not so great. Yeah, my first thought was for both Devin Singletary and James Cook, just massive losers. Um, James Cook being third on the Bills running back depth chart just does not seem like he's going to be even rosterable, unfortunately. Yep, Yep, for sure. Um, And as far as Singletary, he was actually doing some things the last couple weeks. I think you have to hold on. I wouldn't read too, too much into it. But this, this is a little concerning from that end. It is a little concerning for sure, but he should still be their pass catching back in a pass heavy offense. So if you are in PPR, if you are in a standard league, I'd be concerned a little bit, but if you're in a PPR league, hold on to Devin Singletary. Okay. And I mean, Jonathan Taylor will not practice today. So maybe for one more week, someone like Zach Moss does have just a teensy weensy bit of value, but it's truly just, a smidge of value for a week. That's it. Yep. Um, so that's a little disappointing, but hey, what can you do? Right now, what you can do is bet on a football game because we're in the middle of football month in America. This is day six. Some great action last night had the over in both games. Unfortunately, only hits in one, but that's okay. Um, there will be... 18 more such days this month like that of football games constantly and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered on any bet you might want to place on that. Our fantasy listeners know what's up. They know the props that are hot, who is performing well. You can always take advantage of that right now. Boosts galore, SGP, parlays. It's outstanding stuff and new users to commemorate the start of the NBA season and then being an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. It's an insane offer for 
uh, new users. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DMVR. Make any $5 bet this week. And get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details on that one. And Kale, I don't know. We I guess we were just in buy or sell mode with these trades. But for some reason, it did feel like this week there were more breakout performances than usual. And uh, so we want to play a little buy or sell on if these performances are actually sustainable from a fantasy perspective. And I guess it's going to start, we'll start this off with your guy, Christian McCaffrey. You've always been the guy on the history of this show who was the McCaffrey guy. You you steered too far from home this preseason. Um, he's actually been healthy. And yesterday he or last this week, this past week, he ran through four and received a touchdown. Amazing stuff. Only Alvin Kamara performed better than him um, from a fantasy perspective in PPR leagues. 40.2 points. Just insane. I'm assuming you're buying. Yeah, that's a buy. Uh, (laughs) Christian McCaffrey is... Christian McCaffrey is a Hall of Fame talent when healthy. It's as simple as that. Um, he's one of the most dynamic offensive playmakers. I can't even really call him a running back because he plays so much in the slot. That's great point. Um, he's one of the most dynamic offensive playmakers we have in the league. And now that he's with Kyle Shanahan, people should be scared. If he's on your opposing fantasy lineup, when you when you log in that week to look at who you're playing, you're just assuming you're going to take an L. Yeah, not great. Um, 18 carries to, um, geez, and then eight receptions. They on nine targets. So, I mean, they 27, 27 touches or targeted 27 times. Um, 26 of those are actual touches. And then you add the one out of the backfield. So it's actually 27, 28. Oof, if this is in any way sustainable, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. If anyone bought low on Christian McCaffrey this offseason, they are feeling really good. A far less easy one is DJ Moore, who in a great game from the Carolina offense, we're actually going to talk about guys for the Panthers and back-to-back here. But we start with DJ Moore, six receptions, 152 yards, one touchdown, 11 targets. It was quite the outing. I mean, he's always been a fantasy performer. It does seem that with PJ at quarterback, they're figuring some more things out. I just don't know how this is sustainable, but certainly uh, certainly catches your interest, might be able to sell high on it, but I guess I'm in the sell camp. Where are you on DJ Moore? You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in a sell camp here too. I just don't think it's sustainable with PJ Walker at quarterback, unfortunately, as much as PJ is, is one of our guys and we like the development and the good stories of former um, AAF, right? Yep. yep. Guy, um, like the story, all of the above, he's not going to play. He had maybe the game of his life on Sunday. He's not going to play that way every week. And I just don't expect this to be sustainable. It's also a talented wide receiver room. It's just like there's no like consistent kind of delineated touches for one single guy. It's just 
It's just tough, man. Um, but I alluded to it. Dante Foreman is going to be the other Panther. He goes off for 26 carries, 118 rushing yards, and of course, three touchdowns, which really puts it over the top. He was kind of a star at Texas. He's got that body. Uh, the broadcast was talking about the Derrick Henry comps um, that Steve Wilkes, their interim head coach, was giving them before the game and how they kind of laughed at that and they weren't laughing anymore. I like him and the McCaffrey trade makes him like intriguing, big intriguing. Yeah. I'm buying him huge. Um, I mean, 31.8 PPR points this week. He's got all the makings of a guy who could be an RB two, maybe even borderline RB one for the rest of this season in your lineup. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I would move him up way spots. And if you can, he's a guy that you might even be able to trade for, for not that much of a price right now. And if you're RB needy, that might be a move. You ain't wrong, man. Um, I think uh, I'm just buying the commitment that offense is going to have to it. I'm, I'm buying his size and downhill speed physicality and contact balance he he runs with i think he could end the season as a top like 15 performer and feel pretty good about him going into next year as well so um yeah really high on him really impressive outing right there that was something else um let's get into quarterbacks where we've mentioned justin fields having back-to-back nice weeks he's qb3 on the week with uh 26 points and that's after 23 points against new England the week prior we talked about it's not so much Mm. him doing it through the air it's a combination of air and legs they add chase Claypool there's some chatter he might be a fantasy QB one I'm seeing uh, around the interwebs this one I'm much more on the fence about how are you feeling on this one I'm buying because it seems like Matt Eberflus and that coaching staff has finally seen the light and they're using Justin Fields, how Justin Fields is supposed to be used. They're not trying to make him a pocket passer. They're getting him out on the move. They're using him in the run game. Like this is what I've been waiting for. He's such a big bodied, strong runner. I've been waiting to see them use him in this way. And this is now two, three weeks in a row. We've seen really solid performances, two really solid fantasy performances in a row, three really solid, I would just say, play performances from Justin Fields. And I expect this to continue moving forward because, look, this staff isn't all in on this guy. Um, you can tell that. So they're going to use him in the way that's best utilizing him to figure out whether he's their guy or not. And I I think that is going to be sustainable for the rest of the season. From what I can tell, he's actually outscoring um, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins already, um, not to mention like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, for example. Would you take him over Gino going forward? Uh, Probably not. Gino's been a little bit more consistent. Gino's been a beast. T-Law, who you were higher on, a month into the season? Uh, I'd probably take Justin Fields over T-Law at this point, just because of the rushing upside. I'd agree on both of those. Probably the toughest conversation is him or Mariota. I know. Oh, that's the perfect line. Yeah. Uh, Mariota. Give me Mariota. These are all top 10 fantasy quarterbacks, right? Yep. Now. Just yeah. Just overall scoring. Now I'm going to average... 
Tua would be the other one. Tua or Justin Fields. Tua, because you just have to buy that offense right now. 100% offense begets offense. Never, ever forget. Shout out to the Jedi Mind Tricks. That was a fun exercise. Let's go to tight ends where Tyler Conklin is somehow the only person benefiting from the Zach Wilson uh, change at quarterback. It's been a disaster for every other receiver. Um, but you would not expect the top five, the top four tight ends in fantasy were Tyler Conklin one, Isaiah likely two, Kyle Pitts three. Hooray. Yay. Kyle Pitts. And yay. then Ingram four. So, um, an unusual week with Dulcich in the top 10, Gasecki in the top 10. Um, but Conklin has been a nice, like kind of streamable tight end option. And the last he's had some moments, but this is by far his biggest game um, with 25.9 points. He started the season with three back to back to back double digit points in PPR and hadn't done that since this week so it is this a sign of more to come and kind of the excitement from earlier in the season being sustainable or is the ceiling streaming option for this season i think the ceiling is streaming option i would sell high right now if if you could even sell him um in a buy or sell you know segment i'm gonna say sell here i just don't think it's sustainable i don't really think anyone in that jets offense is sustainable fair enough on that end um it's been kind of tough sailing at tight end outside of the top four guys yes it has and even guys that you thought you were buying in on high like a darren waller has been kind of a mess in and out of the lineup can't stay healthy yeah i mean we were drooling all over jared everett early in this gerald everett sorry earlier in the season he's kind of been a dud pat fryermuth was sucking earlier in the year now he's a top 10 guy for pprs um outside of the top three it was four with hawkinson but as we talked about earlier i think that ship is kind of sailing it's been meh at best um i'm assuming then isaiah likely we're in the same camp same boat yep i feel the same way i do feel like with um with wide receivers being injured there and them still not figuring it out no stable running back in Baltimore as far as a receiving back do expect more like multiple tight end looks and guys like Isaiah likely are not a bad streaming option from time to time, maybe in the deepest of dynasty leagues, he's worth like a flyer. If you've got, I don't know, you're still rostering like a Mike Boone or someone like that. Mm. Um, But uh beyond that i you know beyond the lower end streaming option you're you're kind of not messing with him there's just guys that are gonna go off and you you can't predict whether they're gonna have 12 or five fantasy points in any given week outside of those top guys it's just the tight end position this year i don't know what more to say about it fair enough um travis etn i don't need to break down this performance for anyone listening or whatever here because you all saw it in london um geez louise out of nowhere you had to wait a year and six weeks and then this breakout has been unreal 
Him or Dante Foreman going forward the rest of the season, Kale? Ooh, I'd probably take ETN. Nice. Um, I think it's kind of a no-brainer buy. The yeah, bigger question obviously. is, like, how high do you buy? I think he's going to be a solid RB1 the rest of the year. I really do, especially since they got James Robinson out of there. Let's do a few fun ones. Him or Tony Pollard going forward? Tony Pollard. Really? Wow. So you're buying Tony Pollard big time. Big time. Zeke think... isn't going to come back to screw this all up once again as he always oh, does. I just... It's like a three-year trend. I know. It's just... And Jerry Jones came out and said, we go as Zeke goes again. <laughs> but I finally... It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, God. I just think this coaching staff has finally seen the light. Not that Zeke's not going to get his carries because money talks. Don't get me wrong. But Tony Pollard is the better running back. And I've been screaming that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so obvious. It's kind of crazy. Um, let's play that game with ETN real quick, though. ETN or Kenneth Walker, rest of the season. Kenneth Walker. ETN or God, he's a beast. He's a beast. ETN or Joe Mixon. ETN. Yeah, I think we agree. ETN or Miles Sanders. ETN and that and you know I love Miles Sanders. No, he's great. He's great. <laughs> um, ETN or Aaron Jones, who of course I traded and has blown up. I'm gonna go ETN. I think I agree. ETN or Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. For anyone new to the podcast, ETN just because I don't know what to expect out of the Pats at all right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so another nice week for Ramondre. Um, and remind me, you said Foreman or ETN? I took ETN. So I mean, like, I, should I ask Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry at this point? No, like, you have no, no. Pollard no. <laughs> and then ETN above all else. Um, yeah. Which like none of those were too crazy. And then we had two breakout games from second year wide receivers that we really love for football reasons. We've been waiting on for fantasy reasons. Um, Let's start with Jerry, Judy. I don't even know if I'm buying or selling this, but I can, I choose neither. (laughs) Stay put. Yeah. Stay put. Um, If you're a Judy owner, he's frustrating at this point, but you're still going to start him probably. So like that's where you're at. I wouldn't try selling him or trading him at this point, just cause he might break out even more. Um, he's seemed like the Broncos best receiver the last several weeks and by a mile by a mile. Um, so I think that's going to continue. Yeah. You love the jet sweep touch. It's just seven targets. He got six for 63 yards and a tud, but it's just seven targets. Eesh. Um, yeah, it's stay put at best. What about Rondale? Did not see this coming from Rondale. Wide receiver five in fantasy this week. Six receptions for 152 yards, 11 targets, and he gets the tud. You know what I'll buy just because um, I think that offense is sort of back. Oh, I read you um, seven for 92. I'm sorry. Those were DJ Moore stats. Okay. But I'm still going to buy. 
Yeah, no Marquise Brown. You need it. You, you need, need it. it. And that offense is crazy. They've got no balance. Like, I barely f- remember even who's in their backfield right now. Like, I know it's Connor and um, Eno, but whatever. Like, they don't get you excited. Nope. Bad week for streaming defenses. Uh, oh, I have one more. Tyler Algier and interesting that Corderell Patterson is back. Um, he's been getting the touches, hasn't really done most of it yard-wise. Yeah. And with Cordell coming back, I think that's a sell. It's a sell for sure with Cordell coming back for sure. As I was saying, not a great week for streaming options you were mentioning to me. Off not a great week for streaming options at all. Um, there's like nobody I really love. Uh, maybe if you can get in on the Pats defense, they're playing the Colts. That's nice. That's nice. I'm, I'm fading Sam Ellinger hard these days. So I like that. The hard part is Pats might not be available. The rest of them are sort of like, it's a bad NFL slate. We're looking at a lot of high scoring games or a lot of blowouts. Lots of blowouts. Yeah. Yeah. So obvious favored blowouts. Jags against the Raiders who got shut out. Uh, maybe, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, but yeah. I don't trust that defense. Um, so it's a bad week for streaming defenses. Hey man, we got to give the advice as it comes. That's the right advice right there. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Kale, as always. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back next week. Um, holler at us with some questions and uh, yeah. Best of luck on your fantasy slate this week. We out.